your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gotta love that Harry Connick Jr. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. On today's episode, we're going to keep talking about Kale McCarr for a little while anyway, because uh, we we have to. When something like that happens, that's pretty much the talk of the league. Yeah. Uh, you you And you do a podcast on that team, you're going to talk about it more. So we'll, we'll be discussing that. We will also look at the Avalanche schedule for the month of January. Some pretty interesting things going on with them um, and the schedule for January. So we'll do that. And the one game that they have uh, tonight against the Winnipeg Jets, we'll be kind of previewing that, kind of what to expect. Kyle is looking forward to this game very much. I am. Yeah. So first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LLP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. And you can follow the show over on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Locked on Avalanche. And if you want to follow our individual Twitter pages, uh, Twitter handles there right on the bottom if you're following us on YouTube. All right, man. So we've had time to digest that, that incredible game-ending goal by Kale McCarr. Uh, I'm sure everybody that's listening now has seen it. If you haven't, I'm not sure. I mean, how much are you paying for that uh, <laughs> rent under the rock that you're living in? So, yeah. But it has, like I said, it's it's taken the the league uh, over. That's all anybody is talking about right now. So much so that during the Penguins Blues game that is going on as we are recording this, they interviewed him during the first intermission. And I just love the fact that it was a blues game. Yeah. That during intermission, blues fans had to sit through, or you know, they could have easily changed the channel. And I'm sure many of them did for the two minutes and thirty seconds that he was on. I got uh, a lot of excitement out of that simply. But overall, I mean, this is a big moment for him. This yeah. is his time to shine. This is his moment in the spotlight. Not that he hasn't been before, but you know, he's people know who Kale McCarr is. Yeah. Now they know who Kale McCarr is, if you know what I mean. And now we kind of know why the Avalanche uh, social accounts were pushing for him for the All-Star game. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, <right. laughs> it's it's interesting that he's gone so viral with that shot. He's he's achieved Zegras levels of like it's everywhere. Like it's literally yeah. everywhere in the game of hockey. And we've known about him for so long. And just his rise, like joining the team in the playoffs, contributing game one. Like his whole story, we followed it the whole way, and watching it culminate to this, we've known this all along, and it's just one of those moments that you could feel good as an Avalanche fan, knowing that, yeah, he's with us and he's going to be with us for a while. Um, it's one of those. Now you're at the point with the confidence of Kale McCarr. Okay, that was fun. What's next? That's a, that. You know, I want to see what happens now, and that's yeah. kind of like what I was thinking about was. You know, now I want to say I, I feel like saying he's got a target on his back, not in the in, in a bad way, mm-hmm. in the way of like now eyes are on him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like 
this is stuff that Nathan McKinnon's had to deal with for the past few years since he really came onto the scene. You know, now you're expected to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and will that change him? He doesn't seem like a, a kid that really lets anything rattle him. And even in that interview that he just did with TNT during an intermission, uh, they asked him, like, is there anybody in, in practice that that scares you with the team that you have? Is there anybody that like kind of any, he, he was just like, no, <laughs> I mean, he didn't answer it like that, but he was just like, no, like that, that's what makes you better. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to back down from, from Nathan McKinnon or Miko Rantanen or Gabe. Like I want to go up against those guys. So to have that demeanor um, and now with all of this, you know, fanfare that's coming with what he just did, you know, there's going to be some people there kind of arms folded saying, do, do this again, keep it up. But like you said before, We've seen that we that was just the the pinnacle mm-hmm. of so many things we've seen him do earlier this year, a couple weeks ago. God, I can't remember what, what who they were playing. And he went almost the full 200 feet and looped all the way yes. around the goalie on one blade. He yeah. didn't take a stride once he got once he started circling behind the net. He was on his outside edge. And he or his outside skate, and he just kept going around and around in a loop and circled back and like nothing came of the play. But when we're watching, like that's not going to make yeah. Sports Center or you know like NHL Tonight. That, that, but you see that and you see the ability that this dude has, and it wows you. And and that last night, I mean, and it helped that it was on ESPN. Yeah, that a lot of people saw that, and you've seen flashes all year where kale will take that moment of confidence and it's almost like he like zaps into that mode um you've seen him rip goals immediately off a face off um he just he kind of sees it and he knows this is my moment like he realized he could see the moment and capitalize on the moment you can see him go full 200 foot to make a play um you see so many things and this is not just offense that kale mccarr does He's also stellar on the defense and his positioning every game, game in, game out. He knows how to play every aspect of the game, and he's so confident in every aspect of the game that he knows when he should take over and when he should contribute to other players on the team. And you mentioned mm-hmm. that everybody's going to be watching Kale McCarr. Good. We need somebody off of Nathan McKinnon. That'll possibly mm-hmm. free him up. Yeah, because Nathan McKinnon is, you know, has quietly – amassed a, a 12 game point streak now i think it is mm-hmm. i think it's 12 and nobody's even really talking about that because yeah. you know g- g- there's so many other options on this team kale mccarr obviously being one of them but um yeah I, I i love the fact that he is a defenseman doing this yeah a defenseman making a play like that is insane is ridiculous and 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 that's i think that's the wow factor in all of this is that you expect to see things like the 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 Zegras? I keep saying the Zegras goal. It wasn't his goal. I no. remember, but we just say the Zegras yeah. goal, and you know what we're talking about. The Zegras goal, the Connor McDavid slicing and dicing through the Rangers, and the Kale McCarr goal last night. Those, in my opinion, are the top three goals yeah. of the year. And you can make an argument for whichever one would be number one. And he's the only defenseman on there. Yeah, and leads the league as for defensemen and scoring like goal scoring. Uh, this is young Kale McCarr. Like he always looks like he's 16 years old, gives the most like junior hockey college answers 
every time he's interviewed. Like he's like the polar opposite of we've referenced him a couple times, but Zegris is like that surfer dude, like no care in the world, like super chill. Everybody likes that. And then you have Kale McCarr, who's just like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I do my yeah. best. And it's just everybody. He, it, it's hard not to like Kale McCarr. He has just that like that boyish look. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like he's 16 years old. Yeah. Like, he does not look his age. And but like I said yesterday, don't cross him. He's no. got a mean side to him. He mm-hmm. will lay you out and skate away from you and look back and be like, you shouldn't have done that. You know, what I mean? like he has a, a, but he does it the right way. He's not mm-hmm. out to, you know, harm somebody um, in a, in a, in a vicious way. He knows how to play the game the right way. Excellent on the offensive end. Excellent on defensive end. He, he's a three tool player, man. He, he is everything the abs wanted him to be. And then some, and I love when you always go back. You always see these websites doing these like redrafting, <laughs> yeah, whatever year. <laughs> Is there any any doubt who would be the number one pick right now if you redrafted the 2017 draft? Yeah, hindsight's 2020, and Kale's going to be redrafted number one every time, I mean, man. Every time. And I think I, this is big. Go ahead. No, I, I love the fact that the whole like ever since uh, Kale hit the scene, it was the like the Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr debate, like who's actually going to be better in this? And it was neck and neck on who's got more points and goals and Quinn's doing this. What can Kale do tonight? You haven't heard a peep of that all year long this year. He silenced that. And he has ascended from just kind of like the new cool rookie to a dominant player in the league. Just yeah. It doesn't matter how long he's been in. Yeah. And now, now the person everyone wants to compare him to is Adam Fox, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Adam Fox is a fantastic defender. Um, he can't do what Kale McCarr no. is, is capable of doing. And, and I think you're seeing that over the course of a season when Kale McCarr is in for the majority of the games, I, I, I think there's a distance between them two. And, mm-hmm. and I would, I would say Adam Fox is a top three or four defender in the league. Um, and a lot of people want to put him up at number two just because, you know, he just won defensive player of the year and Cam McCard doing what he's doing this year. It, it, I think it's Cam McCard number one head and shoulders above who's below him, including yeah. Adam Fox. All right. So uh, the avalanche, uh, the, uh, actually, the one last thing I wanted to say about this with Cam McCard, uh, it's good for the the Colorado sports scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, they're, they're not a major market. No. Uh, especially in hockey. You know, the Broncos are, are a, a big time team. They have a huge following coast to coast. You can go into any, whenever they're on the road, there's a lot of orange in the stands. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Broncos fans travel well. They're still a mid market team. And that is especially true for the Avalanche. I would say the Avalanche are at the bottom end of the mid market yeah. team. So when you have a team that's performing like this, uh, and you have a player like that, that's just good for the brand. You know, and I always think of uh, like Steph Curry when he went yes. to Gold, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Nobody likes the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Now, every story you go into that still is sports crap, there's Golden State stuff because of him. Yeah. Is that, I mean, could the Avs be that? Could the Avs be the Golden State Warriors of the the hockey world? Yeah, uh, he's almost like a Giannis, like like the Milwaukee Bucks are kind of the same yeah, kind of level exactly. as the Avalanche. 
and exactly. he's turned that team into a a incredible team. And Kale, he's not just a good player. He's we mentioned it, his personality. He's one of those players that players want to play with, and that means a lot when you're a mid market team and you're trying to sign contracts. If you have people that people want to play with, it helps you out in the long run. Absolutely, absolutely. So moving on to the Avs' uh, January schedule. Obviously, they've already played a couple games. They are playing uh, tonight, Thursday night, if you're listening to this on Thursday, obviously, against Winnipeg. First time they've played Winnipeg, I believe, this season. So uh, we'll get to that game specifically in the next segment. But overall, a busy, busy month for the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, they've already had those two games that they've played. They've Mm -hmm. won both of them. 4-2 Four to two against Anaheim, and then obviously the four to three overtime win against Chicago. Overall, they're playing sixteen games in the month of January, and they only have two days in a row off once. Yeah, a lot of hockey to play this month. Um, and when you're looking it over, there's not one, not two, but three back to backs mm-hmm. in a, and those back to backs are in a relatively short amount of time. They're doing a back to back. A home and away against Seattle and then Nashville. And then they're doing a home and away against Arizona, Arizona and Arizona. And then they're doing back-to-back away games, which doesn't happen too much. But it is against Anaheim and Los Angeles. So there's not a lot of travel there. But a back-to-back on an away trip uh, doesn't happen a ton. Overall, looking at this schedule, uh, and we'll go through it, you know, who they're playing and kind of like what to look for uh, in terms of where it could benefit the avalanche. When you're looking at the January schedule, what do you think? January schedule is going to be, it's a prove it month. Um, Yes, we're great. Yes, we're firing on all cylinders. Um, Just Saturday, we'll be facing the Maple Leafs again. And that was the worst game of the season, honestly. And it's at home. This is a redeem yourself game. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned the the West Coast swing, the Ducks back to back with the Kings. Longtime Avalanche fans know that's never a fun trip. Yeah. The Kings, for some reason, know the Avalanche and they cause problems. And the Ducks are just way too physical than they need to be. Um yeah. you get to end the month with the Buffalo Sabres, so you get there. <laughs> we'll be all yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, overall, it's it's not it's kind of like a middle of the road type of skit. Like November was was easy. Mm-hmm. December was tough, tougher, and then you know COVID kind of threw a wrench into that. And January is kind of like in between those two. You're playing, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're playing Chicago three times. Mm-hmm. You're playing uh, Seattle, Arizona twice, Montreal, and Buffalo. Those are games you got to win. You know I mean, that that's like ten points right there between Seattle. Arizona two times, uh, Montreal, Buffalo. That's five games right there that should be no-brainer wins for the Avs. Uh, so that's 10 points right there that you should be in your favor. When you have a back-to-back, I know that throws a wrench into things. But your your difficult games for the month, Toronto, mm-hmm. you're in Nashville, and Nashville is flying high right now. They are. Um, you're home against Minnesota. That's always a good game. And normally you'd say, you know, you're at home against Boston. Boston doesn't scare me this year. So no. at, at home, when you go to Boston, that's going to be a, another scenario. Uh, I'll give the Avs the, the high road on that one because they're playing at home. I think this is a very favorable schedule 
for the abs for for january there there's there's a lot of good matchups that you like and very few that you don't and, and so there's a lot of testing on this schedule as well that arizona back-to-back you can get mm-hmm. a lot of things tweaked and fine-tuned in that back-to-back because birthday present to me that minnesota game at home the rivalry game it is my birthday all Minnesota, right. well, then that's a guaranteed win, right? Oh, I hope. My goodness. That <laughs> game, and it's like right there in the middle of the month. So if we can overcome Toronto, that'll be a high. Could you carry that through Seattle and the Nashville and then the back-to-back and then conquer Minnesota? I yeah. mean, that's going to be a challenge. And the rest of that year, like the West Coast swing scares me just because I've seen it go wrong so many times. But this is a very prove-it month. Like, you can play around with lineups and goalies, and we'll get to that with the matchup we have tonight. But goalies stand out when it comes to every game on this schedule. There you go. And that's uh, something I was, I was – that was my next point of emphasis was we talked about, like, where where are we going to get from Frankie? Mm-hmm. What do – you know, we got to see what he can do. He's going to get a chance this month. I mean, yep. obviously, in your three back-to-backs, there's three games right there that you know he's playing one of those two. Um, and then because you're playing so much, you know, you're going to be, you're going to need him for maybe another game or two. And this, mm-hmm. he could play, he could play four or five times this month. And, and that's a good uh, barometer for, for is he back? Is everything okay? Is he healthy? Does he need to work on things? So yeah, I think our question on, on Frankie is going to be answered at least by the end of this month. And I would, if I was galaxy brain Jared Bednar right now, mm-hmm. would tonight not be a good chance to finally throw him out there and see exactly what we got before we get in the thick of things? Yeah. So, so no. And here's why for me, because it's division. It's a division game. Uh, and in division games, I want my number one goalie going. I know that's not what every coach, you know, that's not their mantra, but for me, it is. So for if, if I'm Bednar, you got Kemper playing against Winnipeg. You got him playing against Toronto, and then home against Seattle is where I would put okay Frankie in. And I was just I was thinking he just got done with an overtime game, and yep. he won coming back. He granted we were on COVID rest, but I mean overtime is emotional, and mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper played really really well. Like yeah, he did. You want him at A plus for that Toronto game, I, and that's that's so weird because it's like that's not the division game. I know that that's an East Coast, that's an Eastern Conference team. It shouldn't mean that much, but could it be a Stanley Cup? Exactly. Preview? And you want to see what you have, even though it's January and the Stanley Cup is months away, and you you know we're not counting our chickens before they hatch, but um, you want to the- see what you got. Is this the most last time? Is this the most winnable division game that the Avalanche will face all January Uh, against Winnipeg? Yes. Uh, What do you think? I mean, they got two more. Like I said, two more against Chicago. uh, One at home, one on the road. You got the Winnipeg game, and then Minnesota, Minnesota. and and Nashville in Nashville. This would be the most winnable of all the Central teams. You know you're not going to go unbeaten against those central division teams, and you know you have to test right. Frankie out at some point. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, I, as far as most winnable games, you would, yeah, you would probably say the Winnipeg game. Minnesota is a tough game, even that's at home. And then I would say Chicago, Chicago at yeah. home. Um, and Chicago showed what they can do mm-hmm. when, when, you know, they can come back on you. So, um, they're all going to be tough. I know that. So, um, yeah. yeah, but other than let's see, Boston coming to town and Buffalo coming to town, these are all central or Pacific in, or near Montreal too. So there's Montreal in the mix as well. But, uh, I think it's, uh, you know what else I want to see? Is uh, Phil Grubauer going to avoid the Colorado Avalanche again? <laughs> again, everybody's watching, and now it's in Colorado. So if he was afraid to go up against them, and I don't know if that's the case, but that's what we're going on. Um, he he should have been afraid to go against up against them when he goes back to Denver, not in Seattle. Yeah, so, I have a. I know just by seeing the fan base on Twitter, they're not going to welcome him back with open arms. No, they're not happy. I'm happy. And I, I think there's a little bit of told you so going yeah. on because uh, he is not doing well with the Kraken. Nobody is doing well up there. So, no. All right. Let's hear from BetOnline and then uh, we'll kind of talk about why Kyle's so excited to see this. Uh, could could this be another uh, classic, a regular season classic? I don't know. Let's uh, like like the Avs did against the, the Panthers. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, yep. Oh, okay. Well, I won't steal your thunder. So, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the NFL playoffs and beyond. It's like uh, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear, yeah. Uh, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. And when you sign up today, you'll get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using the promo code LOCKED ON. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year and seasons that follow. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That is betonline.ag. So you, uh, I was big on Winnipeg going into yeah. this season. I, I really, I, I liked, I like their team. I still like their team. Um, they're kind of towing that line. They look good. They look lost sometimes, but I guess they're one of those teams that you're, you're not, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, I think when you're an avalanche team and you are a favorite, you're going to get the opponent's best shot every single time. Cause they want to take you down. You're looking forward to this game. You think this is going to be an exciting game? Uh, it's, How so? Well, you're getting Shifley. You're getting Ehlers. You're getting Wheeler. Those are three names that you don't hear about a lot because it's Winnipeg. Like, mm-hmm. they're not – you don't hear a lot about Winnipeg. And two of my favorite goalies in the league, John Gibson and Connor Hellbuck. And for the Avalanche to play a game against – one like both Gibson and Hellebuck are probably some of the most talented goalies in the league, but have continually been on some of the worst teams in the league. So you don't really get to see what they can do. This is fantastic for how the Avalanche are rolling. A really like you saw it was kind of hard to get past Mark Andre Fleury in the Chicago game. Another elite goaltender with young, scrappy talent in Winnipeg. There was. Cases being made that this team might surprise people when it comes to the playoffs. They yeah. didn't get out to the best of starts. 
And it's much like you heard out of Chicago. These they could surprise you. Similar start. So what we got in that what ended up being a classic game against Chicago, I think we might have another nail biter. This one might be a one nothing, like maybe a two one mm. overtime win. Like this one's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to test the Avalanche and uh, their offensive power. Yeah. Uh, you know, assuming that Hellebuck's going, which I don't see why any reason why he wouldn't. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to test them. It is absolutely going to test them. And and like I said, you, you're going to get your best from uh, the opponent because everybody expects a lot from the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And they're playing very well. So, mm-hmm. and on top of that, Winnipeg is in the thick of this. They should be higher up in the scenes than they are. I don't think, I don't think they're, they're satisfied with where they're at. So they got something to prove. They got something to prove. You know, they're, they're kind of like the odd team out right now. Where are they? 37 points. 32 games so they don't have as many games in hand as like the abs do uh, but the abs have three games in hand on winnipeg and they're three points ahead of them mm-hmm. so a law and a regulation loss by winnipeg like just is is a lot of damage to them yeah so they're gonna i mean you would expect them to come out and and give it their all right off the the rip um they're gonna look for that that first goal they're gonna look to set the tone of the game um, even though it's on away ice for them, they they're gonna come out really trying to establish the the foothold of this game. I think. Yeah, and that, like to your point right there, Avalanche fans need to realize this. Um, the Avalanche are viewed as one of the top tier teams now. Like we've been so accustomed to trying to get ourselves into a place where we were respected and dominant. Well, we're there. And it doesn't matter what team is out there. They're giving you their 100% best because their shows are talking about, we need to prove ourselves against the avalanche. Like this is our game to prove ourselves. And they come out. And when we win games like against Seattle, that was like seven, seven to two, eight to two. It's because we take them out early. If we let Winnipeg get creative, get their self in, go up one two nothing. That's when things get really, really scary, really, really early because they're starting to really prove themselves. And if they get confidence, the Avalanche chances greatly diminish in that game. So it doesn't matter who's on the schedule; everyone's giving their best, and the Avalanche win games by taking them out early. You saw the Avs take a two nothing lead in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying let up. I don't think they they really let up. Chicago up their game. They did. I think if you see Winnipeg take a two nothing lead on the Avalanche home ice, they they won't be satisfied. Like they they won't for multiple reasons because they need to keep the the you know uh, RPMs pinned in the red because this Avalanche team can score at will sometimes yeah. or so it seems. So they know a two nothing lead on Avalanche ice means nothing. So. Uh, you're, I think you're right, man. I think you're going. You're going to get a good uh, Jets team. At least that's what you would expect. Um, but I'm looking to see with the Avalanche knowing that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if the Avalanche shut them down and just put them under their foot and just say no. Like you, 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 you're coming into our house. You still got a long way to go to match up with us. That's the dynamic that I want to see. How did not how do the Avalanche respond? How did the Avalanche start? Yeah. You kind of assume how the Jets are going to start because of everything that we were just talking about. 
how are the Avalanche going to start knowing that they're they're on fire right now and you know things are going their way? Let's not let up at all. And then what you all you got to look at it. You got to take one step back. The Avalanche we talked about in the early in the show. Um, we're trendy now. We're all over social media because of Kale McCarr. Yeah. Everybody's respecting us. How embarrassing would it be if they Followed just up with a loss <laughs> completely choke and then carry this embarrassing loss back home to face Toronto, who okay. embarrassed you? The Avalanche do not need this. They know this. They want to carry a win against that and keep that momentum going playing against Toronto. Do you think do you think they're doing that at all? Looking past I don't want to say looking past Winnipeg as to say like oh, this is a pushover game. It's not. But knowing like on deck is the team that embarrassed us. I know there's one player on the team that I talk about all the time that knows about Saturday's game because he spent a majority of his career in Toronto mm. and he does not enjoy that loss. That's a very good point. We shall see. So just I, I think Jared Benner is very good at making this team live in the moment and mm-hmm. take care of what's in front of them. Uh, but I think it's sometimes it's human nature to, yeah. to, to abs are look, they're looking forward to, to Saturday. You can't, they are. I don't think they, you can deny that, uh, but they got to take care of business on Thursday first and get exactly. It's a division team. So, all right. Uh, that'll wrap it up for today. So uh, Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to discuss the Winnipeg and avalanche game. And you know, if this thing goes into overtime, there's going to be one camera on Kale McCarr the entire time. <laughs> the Probably Kale for cam. the rest of his career. Yeah, the Kale Cam. Exactly. <laughs> so, unfairly so. But uh, I guess he's earned it. He's kind of he earned has. that. Yeah, he's, he's earned his own camera. His um, ESPN plus plus camera. Yeah, there, that's going to happen. So, <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Go check out Locked on NHL with myself and Adam Denker as we do the, that way. There you go. Yeah, that, that way. way. Um, with myself and Adam Denker, uh, we, we 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 were off because there was no hockey, so we didn't do power rankings. But uh, we do power rankings for this week. Very interesting ones too. Mm. Um, so yeah, check it out. That'll be it for today. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. And we will see you guys tomorrow talking some Avs hockey. Go, Avs, go!